0: Hello music fans, welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Scott, today we've got two records that have a loose connection. We'll be talking about Silverchair's last album, Young Modern, and Van Dyke Park's first album, Song Cycle. As usual, let's say hello to our resident musicologist, Andy and the Dude. What's up fellas? Yo yo,
1: what it is everybody, welcome to the show. Dude, nothing? Yeah, what it is. (laughs) <laughs> what it was, what it will be. <laughs> what
0: have you guys been listening to?
1: Well, I'll jump in. I've been listening to all sorts of stuff, um, more heavy metal and hard rock, of course. I don't know what's been up with me lately, but I've been listening to uh, Inglorious. They're a band, a British hard rock band. I've been listening to their albums, Inglorious 1 and Inglorious 2. Nothing too surprising, except I did finally listen to "Man of the Woods," Justin Timberlake's album that came out this year, oh, man. <laughs> and I, what did you think? I finally got around to it, and I was disappointed. Oh my god,
2: <laughs> that was such a travesty! I'm so. not like a
1: fan of his, but I respect the man's talent, and I did like some of the songs on. Uh, the 2020 Experience Part One or whatever. So I was hoping for some, you know, this was supposed to be like a stripped down Man of the Woods thing where I was hoping maybe he'd play some guitar and just be a normal dude, not uh, dancing around.
2: Yeah, he tried like the country dance record. I mean, I give him credit, but wow, that did not work too well. <laughs>
0: What about uh, you, Andy?
2: Yeah, I've listened to some new releases I wanted to mention here. One from uh, folk rocker Damien Gerardo. He put out a record called The Horizon Just Left that I've been really digging. It reminds me a little bit of what I like about the band The National. If you're a fan of them, I might recommend uh, Damien Gerardo And also the new Ty Seagal record. Uh, I feel like this guy puts out a new record every uh, every couple months here.
1: Yeah, you can't say the new. You can't say the new Ty Segal record. <laughs> you just have to say the title. You can't say yeah. the new because there was a new one three months ago. You know.
2: <laughs> no, that's so true. But I really enjoy this one. It's got more of like a '60s rock sound to it. I would liken it to the Velvet Underground. If you're into that, maybe check out uh, Joy by Ty Segal.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And what we've been doing here is uh, trying to figure out these loose connections. So. What we what we what yeah what we will be listening to will uh, somehow connect and uh, the guys will let us know how that happens and uh, dude you want to tell us how this loose, loose connection thing works?
1: All right, so essentially one of us picks an album, anything we want from our collections or, or whatever, and then one of the other guys has to pick an album that is somehow connected to it, whether it's same producer. Uh, one time we did something where they were both based on books on, on like works of literature the albums were so we just try and find a way to connect so one of us gets to pick whatever we want which is essentially my whole point is it's nice to be able to do that once in a while should we start andy what do you want to do you want to talk about how these how these two albums connect and then we'll jump in
2: yeah let least touch on that before we get caught up in the specifics for the record so the dude here picked out what ended up being the last Silverchair record called young modern which is a pretty interesting um, rock record, and I'm a fan. I enjoyed it, and so I was looking around and noticed that on three of the tracks here, the orchestral arrangements are written by a composer that I'm a fan of by the name of Van Dyke Parks, and so I tied that together to, or made the connection to, his 1967 record Song Cycle, So that is how we ended up where we are on the show today. Let's uh, let's jump in and talk about that Silverchair record.
0: We're gonna play a track there, dude.
1: Yep, this is. uh, I'll play "Low." It's from Silverchair's "Young and Modern." Anything familiar about those guitars? Anyone? Anyone?
0: The, well, the the last piece that was that we uh, faded out from there, I almost heard like a George Harrison kind of. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that was uh, a that, that when I listened to it, that I just heard beautifully produced, very, very yeah. well. I mean, that was just a that's a great. The, well, whether you like the music or not, when you hear the album, you just got to be uh, you just got to be impressed with what you're hearing.
1: All right, so I'll give a little background here. This album was released on March 30th, 2007. It's, the genre is alternative rock or art rock. I'd, I'd lean more towards art rock. It's 45 minutes long. It was on Atlantic Records, and it was produced by Daniel Johns, who is the lead vocalist, lead guitar, piano, harpsichord, orchestral arrangements. The lead dude uh, and Nick lowney lowney i don't know i think andy's more familiar with that guy uh the band silverchair hit the scene in the mid 90s they were like 15 years old and they had big grunge hits and a lot of angst and uh were um not like this at all
0: (laughs) (laughs) you mean they've evolved
1: They've evolved quite a bit. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Andy? I think I probably made you listen to it back when it came out. I actually heard about it and ran out and got it immediately. What would you think?
2: Yeah, it's a, a hit for me for sure. Um, like Scott said, Matt, it is so well produced and so clean and sounds so great. That really makes up for any shortcomings you may have. Um their evolution from their first record to this is like night and day. It's pretty incredible, though, to watch these guys grow up. Um, yeah, it was definitely
0: an enjoyable listen all the way through. Um, yeah, I have to I have to uh, ditto Andy's remarks there. I mean, like I said, it was so good that it's 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 pleasant. It's uh again, it's quality. It's you, you appreciate the the the, uh, the 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 level of. The writing, the level of the production, just everything kind of comes together. So it's just a very big, you know, all the parts, all the parts fit.
1: Yeah the the evolution, as we said earlier, of this band. I mean, we went from this. I'm just gonna play a quick clip. We went from this to like lush. Uh, George Martin production style for the Beatles. Like, these guys evolved from their first album, Frog Stomp, to their second album, Freak, I think it was, which was kind of more along those lines, to uh, Diorama, to Neon Ballroom, and with every one... They continued to get more, the sound was broader. They started messing with melodies and strings. And I think they worked with Van Dyke Parks before on one of their earlier records, probably Diorama. And uh, they just, when they made this album, they were still in their late 20s. I mean, it just, I think it was kind of like a way to assert themselves of who they have become as, as grown men. And that's what they did, and they walked away. There have been no albums since.
2: Yeah, well, it's a hell of a way to go out. Um, I just want to give Daniel Johns, the uh, the lead songwriter and guitar player, a little props for his guitar playing. It is very understated on the record, but I think it's quite exceptional. Um, I actually came across him on a Rolling Stone list for top underrated guitar players, and I would uh, definitely second that, uh, that notion that he's a pretty, uh, pretty outstanding musician and done some pretty interesting stuff in his solo career uh, post Silver Chair, if you were checking out.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and these guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but they continue to be huge in Australia, where they're from. So they have continued to be like outsell everything, win awards, be a big deal. So I think they were kind of forgotten about here in the States.
0: And, uh, to, to to have the maturity to go out on, if that's their final album, to, to go out on a uh, a high, very high note and, you know, then they won't uh, feel the wrath of Maverick as being somebody who's hogging the, uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, they stopped when they, they stopped having things to say,
1: so... Yeah, you are gonna happens. wait too, fat boy. <laughs> or Maverick. Wait All till right. tomorrow. <laughs> right. All right, so yeah, I'm going to play a song called – it's a three-part song called Those Thieving Birds Part 1, Strange Behavior, and then Those Thieving Birds Part 2. This is a section of the Strange Behavior part, and I wanted to make sure and get some of the lush instrumentation provided by Van Dyke Parks. So here we go. so well done like just i i didn't even ever pay attention to who did that stuff it's great
0: i have to agree i mean there's there so many so many potential influences but knowing they come out of grunge there you the, there's a connection i cannot make <laughs>
1: like, <Yeah>. so knowing <laughs>
0: where so, they came
1: from so it's, the it's like thing. there's
0: no way they were they were uh, influenced by squeeze right
1: like, <laughs> right i <laughs> know you don't hear any of the the, the nirvana Sort of, sa- you know, because that's kind of their sound was of that ilk, and it—you don't need get a drop of that in, in this record. All right. You know, one thing I wanted to mention—I don't—I I thought this might come up. the The name of the album is Young Modern, and I guess on when they previously worked together, Van Dyke Parks would call Daniel Johns Young Modern. That was his nickname for him. So that's where the album. <laughs> um,
2: okay. That's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, apparently they've worked together a little bit, uh, like you mentioned on their previous civil chair record, and they would continue to work together on some of uh, Dale John's solo material, um, as well as I guess they played a few live shows together in in 2013. Yeah, they're a weird a weird pairing for sure because they don't really seem to have a lot in common in terms of of taste, but uh,
0: it works. Yeah, they definitely complement each other. As you call it. that whole yin yang model, right? They just uh, it comes together beautifully. All right, yeah. final words, guys. Um,
2: I would say when this works, and and more often than not, it does work. There, you really deliver some memorable, substantive songs that really feel fresh and incredibly polished and and worth your time. So, definitely recommended for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I recommend it. I picked it, uh, and I can't believe it's been ten years. But from the Start From the beginning track, Young Modern Station, all the way through this journey into all across the world, which finishes the album out beautifully. It's just a, it's like a soundscape. I don't know, it's not, you know, I love my heavy metal and hard rock and grunge stuff, but they really captured something special here and it's absolutely worth checking out. If you like the Beatles, if you like just pop rock, electro rock at all, it's um, worth listening to.
0: Yeah, well while they've had their success it sure seems they were uh, overlooked in the uh, in the midst of their career uh, quite often. So, yeah. Quality start to finish, streaming availability in all the standard spots, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, buy it on CD, MP3, vinyl, support your local lo- <laughs> support your local record store when you can. Daniel Johns has a solo career but uh, no silver chair activity or concerts. Maybe a reunion tour in the future but uh, nothing as of yet. Up next, we have uh, the other side of the the loose connection, Van Dyke Parks. Do we want to lead in with a cut from this and uh, see how the influence into the uh, Silverchair album took place?
1: Let's do it. This is Palm Desert.
2: So, this is the debut record from Van Dyke Parks. Came out in 1967, 67 uh, by Warner Brothers Records. I guess if I had narrowed the genres down to just a couple, I would say bluegrass and ragtime, though there's a lot of stuff going on here for sure. The vocals and composition are by Van Dyke Parks, um, but he hired out a lot of orchestral musicians to help with the actual. Playing of this music. Uh, it was well known for being one of the most expensive records of the time to ever be recorded. Uh, in today's money, it would have cost over $250,000 to produce. Um, obviously, that is quite a bit of money. It was not really the record that Warner Bros. expected. Um, Van Dyke Parks was well known at the time for working with the Beach Boys. Um, and they were kind of hoping to get something more along those lines that they could sell. So he comes back with this kind of weird uh, collection of like a very warped take on uh, 60s pop music uh, combined with like more traditional American music. It really has no other similar sounds out there that I'm aware of. Definitely a unique point in American music history. Um, what did you guys think of this record?
0: I liked it a lot. Um, I, I found it, kind of like the, the phrase that the dude used earlier, the soundscape piece. It was like the, it was the raw form of the soundscapes. It, you could almost see the movie clips. As you listen to as you listen to some of these songs, and it and it was a variety of movie clips. You hear some Italian, you hear some steel drum, you hear you hear a voice that sounds like Cat Stevens or Elvis Costello. I mean, it was it's it takes you it takes you all over. It takes you on an emotional roller coaster because it takes you through all the scene the scenescapes, the soundscapes that uh, come with it are just uh, yeah. For us, particularly when you think about how old that album is, it's phenomenal.
1: It's nutso, man. I mean, Andy, where? <laughs> This is, is. you know, a lot of times when you're like, oh, Kanye West or whatever, you know, but you dig stuff out that you are into and you've heard of this guy before. That just blows my mind sometimes. I've never heard of him. It was completely bizarre in every way (laughs) for what my expectations were. I mean, the cover, there's this little nerd dude sitting at it on a chair, and it is like, you know... And I think Scott was right with the movie thing. You know, scenes in the the movie, The Yellow Submarine, the cartoon. Yeah. It felt like that at times. Just like kind of psychedelic, but there were no psychedelic elements. But somehow it was like, I don't know. It just felt like I was looking at a lava lamp and laying in a shag carpet (laughs) while I listened to it. (laughs)
2: there's a very yeah. warped quality to this music i would say um apparently they did a lot of like studio trickery in the process here they had a big budget like i mentioned and did some like pitch shifting and tape delay effects that were pretty groundbreaking at the time there was something called the Farkel effect that i was reading about
1: mm.
2: which yes. involved like folding of the tape <laughs> i didn't quite i yeah. how it was done but uh yeah, it was a pretty uh, pretty high tech for the times. Um, I saw it read a quote saying that it was uh, a forward thinking and backward mind at the same time. I think that very nicely summarizes the sound that they captured here. It's it's like a amalgamation of past and, and present in the '60s, and it's weird, but uh, I think it's a good kind of weird.
0: All right, do we, do we have another cut from this album we can take listen to see another see another side? Let's
2: play a cut from about uh, halfway through the record here. This is called All the Golden.
1: Andy, I think I saw it called The Golden All, I think, on – was that wrong? On oh, Google you know, play.
2: it's uh The All Golden. Sorry. You're right. Okay. You're right.
1: <laughs> no, I, I said it wrong, too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're both wrong. Warner Brothers was pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not oh my Beach god, boys. I can't imagine how <laughs> mad they were. All <laughs> oh, right,
2: it actually was reviewed fairly well at the time it came out, and did eventually end up selling well. It became kind of a, a cult classic, um, but it took a while <laughs> for them to get their money back.
0: Uh, yeah, I I could hear again another another movie clip rolls right through your head when you see when you, hear, especially when you hear that piano. I used to watch a lot of the uh, the old either the black and whites or the, you know, the, the ones that were supposed to be black and white with the uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford kind of the sting yeah. or whatever, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I was thinking of that, too. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Very good. All right. So what do we got for a final word on this one, fellas?
1: Uh, I call it a mashup of popular genres in the 60s. And it's more interesting to me as a study of the man and then all of the music he did thereafter working with other artists but i wouldn't listen to this just for pleasure driving around but once in a while lay down on the shag light up the lava lamp and i'm in
2: yeah yeah <laughs> it is not an easy lesson by any means but uh i do think it's very unique and it has an important feel to it as you're listening to it so if you ever want to feel like you're in like a a wild west saloon on acid i think uh this is a good approximation of that
1: yeah west world
0: <laughs> and if yeah. any video editors out there need to borrow some music to edit to there's some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a nice soundtrack in there for you somewhere
1: well thanks andy for bringing something truly unique to the table for this uh for this episode
0: yes and uh, again, streaming at all your usual services. Support your local record stores. Uh, challenge your local record store to find you a copy of this one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Park is obviously no longer performing concerts, but uh, still actively writing, so hopefully we'll get some uh, another masterpiece or two out of them. Fellas.
2: Yep. Uh, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Uh, tell us what you've been listening to and what records we should talk about next time on the show. Email us at podcast at albumnerds.com we'd love to hear from you
1: yeah make sure and uh, tell all your buddies to listen to the show subscribe to it on the itunes or the whatever it's called now apple podcast uh, google podcast as well as stitcher radio and of course you can always join us over there at albumnerds.com our beautiful wonderful wondrous soundscape of a website So thanks again for listening to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'll catch you next time. Thank you. See ya. Goodbye, everybody.